Good evening and welcome to July's Book Club. Last month, very unfortunately, our Felicity had COVID, so we had to postpone the review of Jane Turner's The Way from here to this evening. So we will welcome our panel, Jean Fairburn, Alison Golding and Felicity Radcliffe. Good evening, ladies. Hello. And you are now fully recovered, I hope, Fliss. Uh, not quite. I'm still testing positive, I'm afraid, after 10 days. Um, oh but uh, certainly a lot better than I was. And uh, hopefully my voice is just about good enough for radio now. No, it uh, sounds OK now. Certainly wasn't before. Yeah, this is a new variant. I know loads of people who've got it. Touch wood. I'm touch finding wood at the moment. I haven't had it at all. So um, have you, Jean and um, Alison? I've had it once and I wondered last week when I was sort of feeling puny yeah and and alice no i've not had it at all no, even though no. my i've had two of my children have had it but they didn't give it to us so yeah that was quite impressive they live with yes. us and yeah. catch it so i was <laughs> quite pleased with that yes <laughs> well at, at christmas at christmas my son stayed with me and he got it and i nursed him for a week and i didn't get it at all so it's obviously very choosy the virus it goes to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, ladies, so let's start with a review. This is from Gillian Miles from the Sunday Telegraph. Jane Turner, the way from here. Four friends, a lifetime of choices, what comes next? Kate had been so busy making a place in the world for her daughters, she had somehow forgotten to take care of herself. The life she'd ended up with was not the life she'd planned. Everything was a compromise. When Kate's younger daughter, Ella, goes off to university, she realises her life has become consumed by the minutiae of family life. In her empty nest, Kate starts to wonder, what now? Decades after abandoning her university hobby of rowing, Kate gingerly joins a local ladies' rowing team and rediscovers her passion for the pleasing rhythmic sensation of paddles slicing through water. More than anything, though, Kate finds that the team of strong women bring new adventures and unlikely friendships she hadn't even realised she'd missed having. A life-affirming, uplifting story about eight 50-something women who are all asking the same question about what is next in life for them and starting to discover the answer together. So that was a review from the paper and I didn't find one negative review. So this one was a lady called Elizabeth Burnell, five out of five, inspiring. What an amazing novel, loved every page and identified with many of the characters. The rowing element was key, and as well as knowing what she's writing about, the author brings attention and excitement to the page. Loved it. And this is uh, Susanna Scott. She did four out of five. This was an unexpected read. I really enjoyed parts of this book. I could identify with Kate on many things, and I was happy to see her making friends and positive changes. I enjoyed seeing all the women finding their inner selves and seeing them flourish. I was a little disappointed but none of them stood up for themselves against all the men who were belittling them and refusing to acknowledge their worth to the rowing club. Yes, Leslie stood up to Mike, but I just can't help thinking that nothing will change unless they're more vocal and gather support for change. Kate and Tim's relationship confused me a bit too. They never seemed to talk or spend any time together. She wasn't happy, but never tried to change or confront him. To me, There were two separate people who shared a house at the weekend. I can see a lot of real life issues represented in this book. And I guess in many ways it was true to life. 
but sometimes reading is a means to escape real life and see how good things can be and give you hope of better things. The friendship the ladies formed was the highlight for me. There you are. So those are the reviews that I found, ladies. So who recommended this read? Yeah, that would have been me. I I recommended it. So, okay, well um, you start you start off then, Alice. Okay, well I I mean I really enjoyed it. I I I felt a quite uh, quite an affinity to the characters in there and um felt that their friendships brought the best out of out of, of them because they all sort of felt quite isolated in their own little ways and had their own little family prom- problems and dramas and everything and nobody knew what was going on in each other's lives. And um, yet when they were together, they pulled together and worked as a team and eventually they got to know each other and they um, and by getting to know each other, they helped each other out and gave each other lots of confidence and they were able to build on and um, make their lives better um, than they had been before. Um, So that was that was what was sort of life affirming about it, I thought. so, I mean, it, it, the reason it struck a chord with me really was I, I, I tried to get my career going when, when I was in my mid 40s um, after being a stay at home mum for about 10 years. Um, and by then, employers have written you off. They, they don't think that you're capable as a middle aged woman of doing anything, despite the fact that you've raised a family, stayed at home, had all the logistics of, you know, negotiator, a health and safety officer catering family planner all these things us women do at home just running a home and none of that counts um you know when you're trying to get a job you know so I I we we get lots of all these life skills and they're really not not taken seriously I mean they they can be transferable to the workplace but um nobody thinks very much of them so that to me was was you know a big thing by doing the rowing they they sort of helped um, get the confidence up again because it is diff- it, you do lose your confidence when you're stuck at home for 10 years with children and you yeah. suddenly go for a job interview when you haven't had a job for, for you know for over 10 years it's very very difficult to have the confidence to that you would have done in your 20s to go in and, and 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 shout your own praises and say yes I can do this job give me this job you know you you don't feel as if you can do that when you when you've been when you lose your confidence so um, that sort of really sort of struck a, ho- a chord with me. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the character Kate, she lost all her confidence when, when her, she'd been <laughs> stayed at home with her children. Um, she was in a job that she didn't really enjoy doing and she was being stepped over all the time by younger men and all this sort of business. Um, and her husband barely noticed her. So, you know, it's all these these things all sort of sort of struck, struck a chord. And the only one that had any fight in her really was Beth, Beth, the physio. But even she let herself be treated as a doormat because of the way that she perceived herself from, you know, relationships with her mother and various other things. So she she needed a friend to to support and actually show her the positive side of of her. And she begins to realise this as well. So. You know, again, with a different character, I felt it was, you know, it it um, it helped her think think actually, you know, I am worth worth something. So, um, you know, and so that was that was the other thing. Um, and the other character, I think the other main character was Leslie. Now, this one is the one that I really, really uh, empathise with because she's overweight and <laughs> and she has no confidence. Um, but she she gets out and about and she these other women encourage her to 
get fit and healthy. And she doesn't even try losing weight just because she's out there every day doing all that exercise. Um, she, you know, and also she has this, she does, she feels better about herself. So she doesn't comfort eat. So she loses more weight. So again, it's, it's another one of these things that really sort of struck a chord with me. So, um, you know, I mean, I think all these women, they've got self doubt and I think we can all relate to them, um, how they help each other and overcome it. And I just felt it was a really great uplifting novel um, for children, uh, not for children, for adults of our, for ladies of our age, you know, and there's, there's lots of interesting facts about rowing and things like that in there as well. You know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. So that was my view of it. Okay, so the group of characters at the very beginning, did you feel that they were, they were quite weak? And then suddenly, after all this rowing and bonding together, they became strong? Was it as simple as that? Yes, I mean, I think it, I think it, I think there was more to it than that. I think it's, you, you know, they, they, they did carry on functioning their lives as they would do normally, but they just, they were missing something in their lives and so- um, they didn't know how to find it. So did the writer describe each person and their lives? How did it all evolve? Well, they, they, as the story unfolds, because they, they take, they, with their rowing, they enter competitions and they have to train for these competitions and yeah. they practice together and then they meet up socially and, and things like that. So this is how they gradually get to know each other and support each other. And, um, you find out all that you find out all the problems that they have in their own lives, which you don't realize are going on as you start getting to know the characters. And would, have you read any of Jane Turner's before? This is her, this is her debut novel. Okay. So this is her first novel. Where did you hear about her? Because you recommended the book. Well, she's, she's somebody I was on a writing course with. Right. So, um, we, we're, we're still, we're still friends. So, um, you know, she's actually signed my book and put a really nice comment in it. So, <laughs> which is quite lovely. Um, so yeah, so, um, she's actually, she's written her next one, which I have read some of, but not all of it. Um, which is going to be out, I don't know, next year sometime or something. I'm not quite sure. So it's, it's got to go all through edits and be sold and various other things. Yes. Yeah, so, so, but this one is her first, first novel. Okay. All right. Um, Felicity, what did you think? Okay. Um, so the topic of rowing, I just found intrinsically quite interesting. Um, I, I thought you were going to say, I just thought you were going to say then intrinsically boring. the way. You no, no. I mean, obviously, given where we live, um, rowing's, um, rowing's quite a popular, popular sport. And, um, my, my, my father was a was a rower, so I was quite interested. Uh, I used to date a rower back in the day, so I was quite interested in it. And I thought, I mean, clearly she knows rowing inside out. And I thought some of the strongest descriptions were actually when she was describing their outings on the water and actually just how incredibly hard it is physically. Um, I thought that was I thought that was quite compelling. Um, obviously, the the women in the story are um, you know direct contemporaries of mine. So, um, and I could even though I don't have children myself, I could definitely identify with some of the issues of um, being passed over, being talked over, um, being being ignored, and being underestimated 
certainly um, struck some chords, particularly, I think, the, the scene where the, um, the younger colleague just uh, steps in front of her in, in the cafe and takes the last almond croissant. And, uh, and just uh, I, that, that for me was, uh, was quite telling and she gets her own back in the end. So that's quite a nice little moment. Um, so I did enjoy that. I thought in terms of the actual arc of the story, I was expecting it to have a sort of top gun type structure whereby they would, you know, they would achieve some early success and then they would sort of plummet, you know, they would lose some races and they would totally lose hope. And then they was kind of climb back up at the end and there would be a triumphant conclusion. It wasn't quite like that. It was more a kind of it went along with some ups and downs and um, and there were some mild successes and things. In that sense, I suppose it was more true to life. But I would have quite liked to have had a bit more of a story arc and a bit more drama um I guess I would have liked to have seen Kate do something more proactive with her relationship um again I guess that was probably quite realistic but I would have quite liked a bit more of you know chuck him out and get a toy boy or something like that you know I guess I was looking for a little bit more drama than there was and in in the same way the character's didn't really come to life for me. I could definitely identify with the issues, but I couldn't really envisage the characters and bring them to life. And this might be my COVID enfeebled state or something, but they didn't they didn't really speak to me as real as real um women. Maybe Kate a bit, the others sort of um sort of less so. Um, with Kate, there was a depression storyline, which to me felt a little bit bolted on. There was a, a sort of sequence in the middle where she suddenly has an episode of depression and then it's not really referred to until later in the book. And I thought, you know, it really that should perhaps have been woven through the entire sort of storyline from start to finish. It felt as though it was inserted in a in a slightly sort of calculated um way to to me um so I mean I really identified with the issues sometimes it felt a bit sort of tell rather than show a bit sort of speech making about women being invisible and all that sort of thing um so perhaps could have that had that been shown through the character of the the characters a, a little bit more um and a little bit less kind of um I don't know how should I put it polemic if you like a bit less sort of speech making having said all that I did enjoy it I identified with it I think the themes that it touches on um definitely need more exposure through literature um I just thought the character the characters didn't quite sort of come to life for me but again, that was might have been because I was reading it when I was quite poorly as well. So okay, um, but overall, so did, I you, it. did you like all the characters? Uh, yeah, yes, I, I, I. But I wouldn't say that it's necessary to like characters in order to enjoy a book. I mean, some of the books that I've enjoyed the most have had characters in that um, that I've 
you know, love, love to hate, if you like. Um, yeah, I think, I think I, I think I liked them. They just didn't always feel that real to me. Real in what way? Uh, they didn't quite feel that they were real people to me. They, well, they, they didn't, felt... they didn't have issues that real people have. Oh no, they definitely had issues that real people had, but mm. I couldn't I couldn't quite visualize them as people. They didn't jump off the page at me. Right. Right. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I totally think all the issues were relatable. And I think Jane is definitely she, you know, I guess she's she's writing to her market and and I'm banging that market. So it wasn't I didn't identify with the issues. It's just couldn't quite empathise with the characters as real people. And did you think it was a feminist book? Um, I guess so. I guess so in a sense. But I think I think that that doesn't mean it shouldn't appeal to men as well. You know, I always hesitate to put the, the feminist tag on things because... Mm some people interpret it in a pejorative way I I think it was um I think it was bringing to light some issues which are real and which happen all the time I mean as Alison said you know the experience of trying to get a job um when I was employing people I always used to say employ women who've had families because they're incredibly well organized with a whole load of skills that they've developed not necessarily in the workplace absolutely Um, but some of the most amazing um staff I had were people who had brought up their own families and taken career breaks and absolutely came back with some some incredible practical skills which are so often overlooked so yeah I've got no complaint with the issues raised in the book at all. Thank you very much Felicity and now we are going over to Jean to get her views on this book. Well um, I enjoyed it it was it was fluffy it was, um, I mean, it's new and it's her debut novel and it, but it almost felt, I mean, as I felt that as their muscles got harder, they got harder, more able to deal with problems. Um, in some respects, when you talk about feminist novel, I felt it was almost past, passe because, um, you know, all this fuss about trans and pronouns, feminine pronouns. Yes. Halifax and all that. But one mustn't talk about these commercial matters. But anyway, um and so the empty nest syndrome, I've been there and um, my kids are all over the shop <laughs> and only one in England. And um so I've got America and Dubai and had God all sorts. She's been all over the one that's works from you know where which I can't mention but anyway um and I felt that um the role of women well we've got chest feeding we are obsolete aren't we now and it's all this modern debate about pronouns so we are um, in a post-feminist world so what do we do um it was a fluffy book Fluffy being that it was kind of wish fulfillment, I felt. 
but it was comforting. And all those problems, um, I, I didn't really have as long a way as um, Alice because, of course, I only had three kids to deal with and spent a fortune on them, getting them through uni <laughs> while working. And um, women work part-time, they fit in, they sort of flood into the niches, into the cracks and the crevices. And I was thinking of them, anyway, it was watching GB News and this thing about um, woke and pronouns. And you can't, in in the cause of equality, you cannot say B-R-E-A-S-T feeding. You have to say chest feeding. So I thought, well, we've been rubbed out. And um, Simone de Beauvoir wrote The Second Sex right back in 1948, I believe, which was a long time ago. And we are actually now the third (laughs) or fourth or maybe the fifth. There's more than two genders, it seems, because you've got the middle ones, whatever you self-identify as. And um, I thought I'd mention that. I know it's a bit topical, but um, in a way, this Jane Turner's written a lovely book. Um, so although this book is totally up to date, May 2022, I feel it's obsolete, as we ladies are obsolete, because we've been wiped away by other gen- other. Or self-affirming genders, not mentioning any names. So um, emptiness syndrome, well, um, I think it's an attack on feminism. If you think about the original feminists in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, Bother Boots, Greenham Common, and all that sort of thing, we stood and slugged it out. You can't slug it out anymore because you've got other genders that are bigger than you and um, participating in sport, etc. So I think either the world's gone mad or we have to get used to being chest feeders. And that's what women are reduced to. And that was from the NHS. And I know that because my eldest daughter had to write a thing on it, um, inclusion. And it was all about chest feeding. Men can have the menopause, etc., etc. So I think we've been robbed, ladies. Tragic. <laughs> so how so, serious, how serious are you taking all of this then, Jane? Well, it's not me that's taking it seriously. It's the um, the work brigade or inclusion. Inclusion means that we have been erased. It's 1984 stuff, a bit late. And do you really feel that? Yeah. Do you, do you, Jean? Uh, sorry, do you, Alison? Um, I don't know, really. Um, I, I sometimes think that we pander too much to the minority and forget that the majority of people also should have a, a say in stuff 
and um so I don't know really it's it's difficult I I, th I believe in tolerance I think we should be nice to each other regardless of anything else so maybe I'm just a little bit sit on the fence liberal person <laughs> who doesn't like confrontation and would you rather not have it <laughs> well what I found myself thinking um uh, that the characters in the novel are all in the overall scheme of things relatively privileged people um with good educations and um and relatively well off financially and then they still struggle to find their way in the world and still struggle to be recognized and um i think that you know if characters like that struggle um, what about all those people out there who don't have those advantages of education, family background, etc.? Um, I think there's still a hell of a lot of battles to be fought out there in the world of feminism to get equality for women, um, particularly around practical issues like equal pay, like being recognised in, in the workplace and not talked over. And actually, the, the fact that the, pretty much the whole workplace is still geared in favour of men. Um, I agree with Jean that there's been people, great people, slugging it out um, in the 1970s and going right back to the suffragettes. But I think there's a hell of a lot more slugging to go on before we get anything like proper equality for, um, for women, personally. But I, I agree. Well, I, well, all the stuff that's going on in the uh, in America at the moment, I, you, if you, if we're, we're going to go there, we're actually going backwards. If anything, all the things that we managed to get through in in the seventies, but I, you know, we're going to go into a whole new ball game if we start discussing that one. But um, it's something that I feel very, very strongly about that you know we we you know we we women fought for their right to have safe operations and not backstreet operations and now they want to stop stop safe operations yet again and you know it's it's going to cause more deaths and we've got is. a conservative M sorry conservative mp spouting his mouth off bringing you all up into the uk um discussion and it's now coming up in ireland and all the rest of it so i just <laughs> i'll start getting very very <laughs> cross about all this so um you know so i i do feel that we uh, as a uh, that feminism is has not won its its fight at all we are back to square one practically and i just, I just feel very one. frustrating worse than square one we've been appropriated by i think with with regard to America and going back 50 years, it is absolutely appalling and everybody who's got a, a, the right sense realises it's absolutely appalling. But what will happen, hopefully, is that the um, women who are all Republicans, who are very far right, will realise how dreadful this all is. And in the by-elections, will vote for the other side and that will make a hell of a lot of difference. So if all the Republican women vote for Democrats, then they can kick these people out. The trouble is it's all from Trump. He put them all in and um, it's just, it's horrendous. And they're all religious fanatics. It's much more religious, America, yes, certainly. Yeah. And there's so much more... But as we all know, religions cause so many wars, it causes so many things. And um, 
It is. It is absolutely horrendous. And um, yeah, I can't get... say, I can't, um, with, with regard, let's leave America aside for the moment and that ridiculous situation. Uh, but if, if you look back over the last, um, well, since Simone, Simone de Beauvoir wrote the book, we have done a lot. It's not as if we haven't. We have done a lot. If you look at um, films in the sort of 50s, early 60s, you know, and women were, you know, tied around the kitchen sink with an apron around them and always there to please their man. That doesn't happen now, and which I'm absolutely thrilled about. And the songs, remember the old songs, you know, all about, you know, Barbara Streisand singing um, I love this man, I love him so, no matter what I do, I still love him, what he does. We don't have that anymore. Don't you feel that is, is going forward a bit? Well, yeah, about time, really. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, you know, that... that, that but then, also... Yeah, I have my poor husband tied to this kitchen. No, I don't really. <laughs> I, was, I was used to call that doormat music. <laughs> you know, all that music you tread on me but I still love you and that so, kind of thing exactly yeah. um but I think, still... I think a lot of that has changed but I think there's still real practicalities in the workplace yeah I agree but there are a lot of very change. very very senior women in very uh, sorry women in very senior positions if you look in I'm trying house. to think yeah pardon yeah, I mean, I think the, I think a lot of it is down to education. When I when I started, I was one of the first year that took a computer studies O level. It was the first year that they did it, and I took a computer studies O, o level. And in the eighties, forty five percent of people working in IT were women. Now these days, there's hardly any women working in IT. It's mostly men. Now why? Because women were when we when I first started in the eighties, there were a lot of us. I started off as a computer programmer, and a lot of us did. Um, but now, in the year two two thousand twenty two, I I think I don't know what the exact figures are, but it's in single figures. You know, don't even have double figures of people in of women in IT any longer. Why? I don't understand. You know, women in science as well. Why aren't there more women women in science? There are. So, you know, it, 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 I, I just feel that we, we are, girls are being all, all this stuff about getting big lips and all the rest of it and how they look on Instagram and TikTok and all these sort of social media platforms. It's all about looks and what you look like. It's not how, how you are, how, what your brain is and what you can bring to the workplace you know, and and I just I I, th I find it extremely frustrating. You know, we used to have Miss World in the nineteen seventies, and that was all poo pooed. And now we've got Instagram. You know, and and TikTok. I mean, it's just is. In fact, it's even worse than Miss Miss World. At least yeah. Miss World was only on once a year. You know, yeah. TikTok and Instagram is hourly, minutely. You know. <laughs> Well, this so program, I, this program crazy. that everybody seems to be watching, which I've never watched, Love Island. Um, oh, I've seen I've seen just excerpts when it's popped up on the television, but they're all awful. They all look awful. They're all so false, and the whole thing is so false. But this is one of the most popular television programs. Is it just that I'm getting old? I think it's getting <laughs> I don't understand it. I'm sorry, I really don't. I just find the whole thing frustrating. It's wish sorry, Jane. Wish fulfillment. Um, what's ruined the country? I sound terribly 
right and left wing all together mixed is inclusion because everyone as as um, Alice said it's the minority we have to um, and don't forget we've got no police policing as such if you look at the um, all sorts of problems with grooming gangs and all sorts of things there is no redress there are no consequences are there burglary nobody bothers about trying to clear it up how many rape cases um well even tackled let alone i mean there is basically not a police force because we've got a huge population but then we don't really want draconian police policing we don't want them with guns either particularly because we all know where that would end up but i mean pay, you have to pay a price don't you for freedom mm. i think it's a bit high at the moment which is why i say this book with two genders and this is obsolete because her next book james must be what are we going to do about the cancellation of women <laughs> That's a good I, phrase, the cancellation, cancellation of, women. of women. I don't feel that, Jean, I must admit. But, <laughs> but, I, but I, do, I do think, you know, coming back to the women in the book, we're still in a situation where um, men yeah. never get asked, how do you combine um, raising children with having a job? Nobody yeah. asks the man that. Everyone yeah. asks women that question and until that question is asked equally there won't be equality and if you think of the waste as well so um kate kate um takes a law degree at cambridge and um due to circumstances ends up doing a job well below her station i mean just seen in sort of economic terms that's a huge waste and if as a society we could find a way to leverage women's talent and education so they can make most of it while still raising children then we'd be in a much better economic position but um, there are a lot of there are a lot of successful women who do raise children and have very high-powered jobs yeah there is a glass there is a glass ceiling but it's not as low as it once was yeah, yeah. There, there there are there are and i've worked with some of them in my personal experience, um, the most successful ones, there tends to be an example of role reversal behind the mm -hmm. scene. Mm -hmm. um, that actually, actually, the um, the man, the man um, has the lesser career and and takes the lion's share of the childcare. That's been yeah. my personal experience of some of the really mm. high flying women I've worked with. Yeah. But there's got to be a way to find a middle ground. And um, mm -hmm. until we until we do that, we won't be able to um, to leverage the full economic power of um, educating women. Mm. Well, it depends if you've got a mother-in-law somewhere near. <laughs> It yeah, I mean, I, I was on I, I didn't have any family to help. I mean, it was my choice to it was my choice to um take to stay at home and look after the children. Um, when when me and my husband got married, I actually used to earn more money than him. Um, but then after I had the children, um, uh, he had more earning potential than I did. So um, 
that's why I ended up staying at home. But I always intended to go back and get my career going again. And as I say, I did attempt to do that and found that there was absolutely no way I couldn't do it. However hard I tried, I had two degrees. I had a degree in chemistry, a degree in, uh, I had a BA um, in history and English. And I still, even though I was a double graduate, I couldn't get my career going again. I just, it was like banging your head against a brick wall. It's just you know, ridiculous. I was only 45. Um, you know, so I found that incredibly frustrating. I had, that's 20, 22 years worth of work that I had left in me that I could have, you know, given to, given to an employer. Um, and, you know, as I say, it just, just wasn't going to happen. So, um, so you didn't get anything you wanted in the end? No, no, no. I, I tried for four years to to become a uh, to get get become what I was when I left. I was a section manager, and um and after four years of attempting to get become a section manager, um and seeing younger, you know, twenty one year olds being being jumped up ahead of me, um it it, I, it was obvious to me that it wasn't going to happen. So, um, so what industry in the, was this in? Was this in IT? This is in retail. This is in retail. Oh, retail. IT. I mean, I was just, I was too far out of the loop to go back to that. I mean, things have moved on drastically in 10 years. You know what I mean? I, I used to com- used to program in COBOL. I mean, they haven't, nobody's seen that since oh, my the word. <laughs> So Exactly. I mean, I wasn't going to be able to go back to that. So yeah. um, no, no, no. Probably because you had four children tattooed on your <laughs> yes <laughs> but still I mean I'm it's it, I'm over it now because I'm I'm retiring soon so um <laughs> it's definitely not going to happen now but um yes it was incredibly frustrating at the time yes I can imagine I can imagine well I I was a single parent for many many years bringing up two children one handicap but I still managed to work and um managed to maintain a roof over our heads and um you know, had quite a fulfilling job for many, many years until I was made redundant in the early 90s, which was very upsetting, but I won't go into all of that. Um, but um, yes, it's, it's it's always a struggle. It always has been a struggle, but it's been, um, I've enjoyed what I've done and I wouldn't change anything at all. And now in my my, my twilight years, I'm working on local radio and, and having great, great time, great time. And working really, really hard. I do work hard, but I enjoy working hard. I'm going away for a week next week and I'm taking my computer with me because <laughs> I need to upload all the drama for the following week. So I'll be doing a bit of work when I go down there, but never mind. That's the way it is. So anyway, so you would recommend to all our readers to read Jane Turner's book, yes? Yes. 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 Good, good. And and although you found it fluffy, Jean, was it, it fluffy doesn't necessarily mean boring, does it? You didn't find it boring? No, I found it very comforting. Comforting. Um, comforting, yes. And I found that the more they, well, actually, I wondered if it was a rowing handbook at first. So I feel <laughs> I could row now. <laughs> I know every inch of that boat. And I feel, I, I was kind of felt her muscles grow with her independence. Right. It was did they have did they have crazy. nice husbands, these women? Did they all have partners? No. Um well they were sort of intermittent. I think they called on for various duties like putting out the rubbish and other things. <laughs> as as they, they should. 
they have mentioned yes that that is that is one thing that my husband does do actually is put the rubbish out once a week so (laughs) i will give him that job he will he does have that role (laughs) so jean you are going to be be choosing the book to be reviewed in august so can you tell us all about it please um it's feasibility which is a pun on the name Fiona, Fiona Ritchie, who looks after her mother, who's a very awkward woman. Now, I can relate to this because my mother was an absolute harridan, but sweet. She, she looked sweet and she acted sweet, but she wasn't. Enough said. <laughs> okay, so, um, so it's going to be feasibility written by Fiona Ritchie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, okay, so we'll, we'll review that for August. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, ladies. Thank you very much. I hope that you totally recover from COVID, Fliss, and that you thank be you. fit and well at the end of August. So enjoy, hopefully, what's going to be some nice weather. We don't know yet, do we? Are we going to have some nice weather in August? I don't know. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies. Take care of yourselves. Talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Pleasure. Okay, stop it.